Welcome back to all the music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, and we are coming to you right now for one of the last times, the last uh, album review for a very long time, maybe maybe forever, which is a very long time. Um, you know, we've been hinting at this over the past few episodes of what was going to happen as we approached episode 500. Uh, yeah, we've been doing this podcast for almost nine years and uh, doing the site ChunkyGlasses.com for 10 years. And over that time, I think we've done our, our damnedest to cover like all kinds of music. Uh, but we've been really just been thinking about music nonstop. And when, you, when you're doing that, it sort of shifts how you enjoy music. And I started to notice and realize that uh, even when we brought in like new people like Wes, uh, who is on this episode, that uh, it starts to take its toll and then stuff isn't as fun, isn't as joyful uh, as, it, as it once was. Uh, simultaneously, we got hit with this pandemic and uh, I started making music again. I started playing music when I was five years old. I'm 48 now. And uh, I have, there's never been a time when I didn't play music. Um, but I never really uh, made an album or made an EP or whatever. So that's that's what I started doing. Um, so all this together meant that maybe this whole thing had run its course. Uh, so what we're going to be doing is we, we're going to wrap this up at episode 500. Uh, and uh, then I'm going to go off and you won't hear from me for a good long while. Uh, because I'm going to be working on a bunch of pieces of music that I hope uh, turn out well, that I hope turn out something you guys like. I'll let you know when that when they're available, when they're done. And I hope it's something that, uh, that I enjoy. I've enjoyed tuning my piano in, in this office here lately. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've played a little bit of it, but it's really um, been the highlight of my year. And this whole thing has been kind of just to stay in touch. Uh, with the people that mean the most to me, and that is our uh, discologist family, uh, and you, the listeners, but uh, people like Wes, Eduardo, uh, Andre, uh, Paul, Carrie, uh, Philip, Bass Knight, the, the list goes on and on. But um, yeah, so there's an ending to everything, and this is this is that time. So that is what is uh, going on with us, that is going on with the site. In the meantime, I couldn't think of a better album to go out on. Uh, this album, Force Majeure, from uh, Desron Douglas and Brandy Younger, is so perfect. Uh, well, it's just perfect. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But it's such a perfect gift into uh, the, the sort of cesspool that was 2020. And um, it is jazz, but you don't have to love jazz to love it. It's just uh, just a fantastic slice of, of humanity, which for me is what music is all about. And so uh, for this to be the last album uh, review that we do, that seemed, uh, seemed okay and pretty fitting. So... If you guys are ready for that, um, we have. I'm a, I'll tell you about the the last two episodes after on the other side of this. But if you guys are ready to talk about Force Majeure with my friend Wes, then uh, let's go ahead. Grab a beverage, strap in, get comfortable, and uh, here you go. This is the final album review uh, on Discologist, talking about Desron Douglas's and Brandy Younger's magnificent, uh, supreme new album, Force Majeure. Here and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two word review just a shit sandwich. 
I will roll the record up to the maximum. That right there is a lot of Not go crazy here. Did we, miss, did we miss a whole like opportunity to do a bunch of sting podcasts? Oh no, 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 sting. Oh, Not sting. Yeah. Oh, no, no, this is yeah. Uh, man, you know, the, the fun. Actually, I'll probably even say this on mic. But the funny thing was, I mean, you're on mic. So. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. So I guess. <laughs> so, so, so never mind. I'm not going to say this on mic. No, I'll say it on mic. <laughs> no, sing is. It's, it's funny. There, there were two different records this year. Um, this one, and then um, David played me one over at his shop at one point. Um, I think it was actually one of the. Um, uh, no, maybe that's not right. Anyway, there were two albums, two jazz albums that I heard this year that had covers that when they first came on, I thought were Mr. Big Stuff. Um, and then they end up being different songs, but I still kind of like the baseline on Sing on here kind of makes me Mr. feel like Mr. Big is in like, I'm the one that wants to be with you. No, the no. Like, what, Mr. What? Big Stuff. Who oh, do okay. you think you are? All right. All right. I, I, okay, man. We're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about so, none of it has anything to do with uh, what we're what we're going to be talking about today. This is actually the uh, this podcast is brought to you by T. First of all, uh, no booze unless you're boozing. No, um, no, no. Uh, this is the last record review for a good long while. So, if you believe that, we had to I we had to make it. it. We had to we had to make some room for this stuff and uh, and well we had two episodes and I had to figure out what to do and then we mentioned this on the one we just did about pandemic music we didn't play anything from it uh, but it is something you need to hear this is Force Majeure Desiree Douglas and Brandy Younger uh, a little bit about this duo the, they are uh, to my mind at least jazz titans uh, Desiree Douglas is an up and coming bass player. Uh, and by up and coming, I mean he's played on 100 recordings already. <laughs> <laughs> just, just getting started. <laughs> and leading his own band and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, he, he's amazing. Uh, Brandy Younger is on harp. Uh, she does a lot of other things, a lot of education stuff, but also she was on uh, Moses Sumney's Gray, uh, amongst other things. Uh, they are uh, – would you refer to them as a power couple? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The yeah, power I think so. couple? Yeah. I, you know what? I think so. I, I, you know, I, I didn't um, – Weirdly, I didn't understand that they were a couple, even the first time I listened to this. Yeah, but huh. but that, and we're, we're going to talk about this. But that's one of the strengths of this is that you realize how connected they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They have been friends for a really long time and uh, and partnered in everything in like music, education, life, uh, and in this, uh, we all know what happened back in March. Uh, New York City was locked down. Uh, because of the coronavirus, and uh, it was for artists. I think, kind of, they they had the biggest mind fuck of all this, because it's important for an artist to get out there and play, especially an artist at their level. They could. This this wasn't like some some kid playing a, a, a house show or something. You know, this is like these, these are legitimate um, musicians who have legitimate gigs. Uh, all the time, and all of a sudden those went away, and that was a layer. On top of that was fear. Uh, a layer on top of that was confusion. 
Uh, nobody really knew uh, what to do, but like all good artists, they decided to uh, make art. And I think you watched some of these. They yeah. they hosted a Friday. It was a Friday mornings, I think. Yeah, Friday mornings at eleven for quite a while. Yeah, and Force Majeure brunch in the crib with Brandy and Desron, and uh, they basically, if you look, we'll put links in the show notes. It's it was on Instagram, and uh, they basically just played what they felt like. They composed a little bit of stuff, but a lot of it was standards. A lot of it was rework standards. Um, when I di- I didn't see any of them, I, I did hear about them. I think through you. Before we get to the music, like when those started popping up, and you being like the jazz guy that you are, how much of a salve was that on oh. your day? Yeah, <laughs> this is. A, I mean, it, it's funny because yeah, and, and this is answering your question. I swear, um, this album has just come out, and yet this music was a absolutely integral part of my year. Um, and that is just because, as you were saying, I mean, fear, anxiety, like what the hell is going on, confusion, like not knowing what direction to turn, not knowing, you know, anything um, at this time period. Um, yeah, I, I found out about these pretty early on. I don't think that I actually saw the first one, um, but I, I mean, it was I think it might have been week two or something like that. Um you know, I, I follow both of these artists um, on these social medias and um, saw that they were going to be doing them. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think back. It might have even been the first week that I saw. But um, but yeah, then pretty much every Friday. I mean, you know, I, I'm in grad school, and so I was like working on stuff and at home, and um, you know, so I would kind of plug it through the speakers and um, you know sometimes watch, sometimes just listen. But uh, but yeah, most weeks uh, for a pretty significant period, um, mostly through the summer, I, I was listening to this and and just yeah i i don't know i can't picture this year without it Um, okay it's huge yeah which is which is sort of the point and one of the reasons we had to talk about this is because i can't picture this year without this album yeah um this was uh and i think i don't know if you knew it was coming out but i but i know it was mentioned to me and I said, "Hey, what is this?" But uh, and it was just international anthem, yeah. so it was an immediate like, "Please send it my way." And I think at the time it had only even been announced, but uh, it hits my inbox. Anything international anthem puts out gets played immediately, mm-hmm. and uh, I think within two songs, I was emailing everybody that would possibly talk about it and just be yeah. like, what the fuck is going I on? Yeah, I, I didn't know that it was coming out. I mean, apparently it was kind of planned a little bit longer in advance. Like they were working with International yep. Anthem like from pretty early on, if not from the start. From the jump. And yeah, yeah. And, and that I hadn't had any idea. I mean, I kept saying, I think I might have even said to you in Gchat like over the year, like I hope they record, like I, I wish these would come out because it's so yeah. good. And, because yeah, a lot I didn't of know it, it was coming out. And a lot of it, they're, they're covering like classics by like the Jackson 5, uh, Alice and John Coltrane, uh, the stylistics, a Sting. Which <laughs> because that fits in, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know it does. If you he 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 made an album that was more jazz oriented recently, and it's off of that. Uh, but he also covered an artist that I, I don't I, I'm not too familiar with, and so I can't say if I'm a fan or not. But I am a huge fan of this song. This was one of the ones that really got me into this album. Uh, Kate Bush, uh, the the lauded uh, like English singer from back in the '80s. You heard her all over. I mean, I think like. Uh, punk indie people like really are really really into her. I heard about her from Peter Gabriel Records. Mm. To be honest, yeah. um, "Don't Give Up" is a fantastic song. Uh, as is this song. Uh, this is uh, Brandy Younger's and Desiree Douglas's rendition of "This Woman's Work." Mm-hmm. 
how chill are you now? <laughs> a lot more chill than I was before I started. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's something they do on that song and every song on this album uh, where you feel the connection between the two people and then that connection, uh, you feel like physically connected to them. Like you're in the same space. I, I don't. I I certainly know. Don't think any other album did it this year. Al Alabaster de Plume's album uh, was about like healing, and it has that vibe. This is like this vibe is like put in front of you, and any any time you drop the needle on it, it is like it is happening right now in real time in your space, uh, and it's remarkable, and it shows. Uh, a lot of what they are both known for in the jazz world is jazz as uh, the performance, uh, as as the act, as opposed to some study of something and and actually what it means to life. There's a a saying in here. Uh, it's at the beginning of the end of the first side, and I think end of the second side too. Uh, basically says, and this is Desiron Douglas saying, "This black music cannot be replicated; it can only be expressed." And that's you know them. Not just like hype for their thing, um, but it's it's them making clear their connection to their culture and making clear that what you're seeing is of their culture. But please, right now, we need to be all one culture, so come on in. Yeah, it, it's – I mean it, it's an interesting thing. Like this is almost like – it's almost like music as a verb. You know, it's an action yeah. um, that's taking place. Like they talk a fair amount, and and this is something that gets you know, it, it's it's a you know a statement that gets used a lot in terms of when you're looking at at music as a healing force. Um, is talking about the vibrations, you know, and they talk about the vibrations, you know, the spiritual vibrations, the musical vibrations, all those things, and it's all the same thing. Um, but you do feel like you're, you know, there were a number of records this year that were kind of transportational um you know they take you someplace and that was key this year you know we weren't going places we needed something to take us somewhere you know um and there were a lot of records like that but but nothing to me felt quite as much like you're being welcomed in as you're saying and just kind of like yeah come in like we're we're working on this right now you know this is this is a living work it's a work in progress it is work in action music in action um and you really do feel like you're there with them, not even just in terms of like, you know, you, you always want that from from a good album, um, you know, that, that it makes you feel like you're there, you know, but this is like, it makes you feel like you're with them. And I don't mean just like sitting in the room watching them play, like, it makes you feel like like we're kind of part of something. Yeah, you know, they played on uh, Mackay McRaven's Universal Beans. Uh, no surprise, uh, both the original one and the uh, ENF sides, which if you haven't heard those are fantastic. ENF came out this year, actually. Um, and and it's very much that vibe, and and you know I it, it, it I don't think we could say like who really captured that vibe or or originated that Makai McRaven or or this couple, uh, but the world's a better place for it. Uh, I will tell you that I mean, for both of those because that's a very similar record to this. Um, yeah, I think there's to achieve that. It wasn't just the music. A lot of it is the music, but a lot of it is like this uh, banter isn't the right word. Just when you and I talk about something, you know, and we can just be like something absolutely mundane 
and it's a it's a maybe this um, <laughs> it's you know it, it, it's a discussion and we're doing something like that and it, we we don't like just whip off and then just nonchalantly bust out an amazing jazz standard <laughs> no not frequently no. and and when you you know when you talk about artists like i'm i'm not uh, uh a type of person who's, who's generally like, yeah, artists are some like special class. Like this is right. something we can all do. But there are some that are yeah. that definitely like <laughs> are a little higher up. Uh, yeah. and, and these two are definitely it. I mean, you can feel it in every single note that is on this. You can feel what they say. There's this um, thing at, at the end. Uh, they played this. Uh, they wrote a song for it called Toilet Paper Romance. But the outro on this is just them talking. It's called Flatten the Curve. And the way... You know, Douglas is talking about staying in and telling you all the things to do. And you hear Brandy Younger just be like, just don't go to the bar. Yeah. He says, don't ever like, well, if you're going to go to the bar, go to a less crowded. No, don't go to the bar. <laughs> and, and I don't think you expect to laugh your ass off like when you're listening to a jazz album like this, but that is the effect. And because it is so like endearing, it's like, oh man. And you want to give these people a hug, um, which was, you know, the point. They gave everybody else a hug. I think, but you know, besides Kate Bush on this, like we mentioned some other names, uh, I think one of your favorites is Ferris Sanders. Yeah, I think you know they do dig in. They uh, do some straight John Coltrane. They do Alice Coltrane, uh, but they really dig into these jazz stuff. And as this, this is the first time I've actually heard either of them mm-hmm. perform, and I kind of want. Th- just jazz standards from them and maybe maybe i'm lucky on the other side of this there's a whole catalog of stuff where they're just cranking out these jazz standards yeah uh but it but it is like their interpretation of stuff and we've had this discussion offline uh that the coltrane really isn't my thing right i recognize his talent and stuff but like equinox on this like i'm like yeah okay that's gorgeous (laughs) yeah well that's the thing i mean right you know your issues with coltrane um are not they're not necessarily like you know it's it's you you said his note choice you said kind of his melodic choices you know some of those things like that doesn't mean that i mean you know as you just said you you appreciate the talent of the man you know and his place and importance in the history of jazz and of music in general and all that but um but i know that you aren't knocking him as you know as as a composer as somebody who was you know making these amazing steps and so you take one of his pieces um and you know put it into the hands of somebody who's just treating it very differently and let's be honest a lot of people who have played coltrane uh pieces since then um you know and honestly there's the other side of like you have this extraordinarily talented harp player um you know, working within like Jimmy, she was she was originally trained as a as a classical musician, and that really shows through on a lot of this stuff. She also actually did some um, solo classical pieces um, every now and then. Desiron Douglas would just lay down his bass, and she would play some um, you know kind of classical stuff. And um, but you know, Alice Coltrane as somebody who was a harp player as well. Um, you know, you kind of you, you kind of <coughs> excuse me, you kind of know coming into it that there's going to probably be some Alice Coltrane, you know. And um, but very cool to take on Equinox um, as well, and. And it's also like, I don't know. I mean, so Brandy Younger put out an album last year, um, Soul Awakening, I believe is the title. I think I've yeah. got that right. Yeah. Um, and it was it was one of my favorites of last year. Um, and 
part of that, I mean, she's an incredible player. Um, and that whole album is fantastic. Uh, but it was also one of the best produced albums um, that I heard of all year. I mean, the sound was just incredible, um, particularly the bass. And, and Desiree Douglas produced it, um, you know, and... and um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, or, or at least, I, I think he full-on produced, but, but, you know, was at least really involved in that. Um, and his bass sound on it is just incredible, you know. But that, and again, that's kind of... You know, they just, they fit so well together. Um, and obviously, the other thing, kind of when we're looking at these song choices, um, you know, there's a couple on there that almost seem even kind of like a little, not silly in a disparaging way, but just kind of like, oh, hey, let's give this a try kind of thing, you know. But they're also obviously going out of their way to pick some things that have some spiritual meaning. Um, you know, they, they refer to their, um, you know, spiritual and religious beliefs um, kind of, you know, throughout these um, concerts a few times. And, um, Alice Coltrane, John Coltrane, like those are spiritual beings, um, you know, for many of us. Um, and <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. you know, a lot of other stuff on here. Um, and Pharaoh Sanders fits in with that. You know, he's somebody who kind of, um, he really, I mean, he really made his name because John Coltrane brought him on stage, you know, and, and, and put him on his records. And So, so give me, give me the, the, the bullet pointed version of, of Pharaoh Sanders history, because I, I actually don't know a lot of his music or much okay. about him. Yeah, so he was, um, you know, he's definitely, he's he's one of the kind of most beloved of the post-Coltrane, um, you know, the players. Um, he fits in, he, he got his start more with the kind of, you know, noisy later Coltrane period, um, really kind of extreme sounds, and I mean that in a very good way, um, but just kind of like, what can you get out of your horn and, and what can it mean on a spiritual level? And so from the start, he's a very spiritual player. Um, he's kind of worked through some of the noisier jazz sides. Um, he ended up doing a lot of stuff that was, um, I think, actually very influenced by Alice Coltrane, and um, you know, they were working together. He played on Journey in Sachidananda, which, you know, uh, I brought okay. in last week as I mean, your last you know, conversation is one of my, you know, one of my favorite albums of all time, and certainly essential for me for this year. Um, he ended up doing some stuff that's um, kind of more new agey. Um, he even kind of flirted there into the kind of like smooth jazz, like <laughs> sexy 70s porn music almost sound um, with a couple of his things. Like, well, actually, when you were doing... Um, when you and Ed were going to do the um, the Sonny Stitt episode, and, and I, I tried to get on, and my mic wasn't working that day, <laughs> right, to, to right, join right. in. But I was actually going to bring up one of his albums. I'm blanking on the title right now. I can see the um, the album cover, but it, but it fits in a lot with that. It's it, you know it's, it's smooth jazz. Did so, Stitt so, play on it? it <laughs> I'm not. I, I wouldn't be all that. Surprised, we'll have to, to look honest, it up. But, yeah, exactly. We'll find out. We'll do another episode if so. But. Um, but yeah, you know, he he's he's been all over the place. He's also still going. Um, you know, when the in the spring when um, you know, COVID hit the jazz scene pretty hard, um, and some, you know, really big names um were lost in that early spring. I remember um joking to a friend of like, somebody better put up a fucking wall around Pharaoh Sanders. <laughs> like, yeah. We need him now, you know. Um he just had a, a concert uh, for I forget which birthday of his eightieth birthday or something like that, but like a big concert just happened and um yeah. Yeah, you know, so so of the the post Coltrane scene, um, he's one of the immediates. He was playing with Train, um, you know, towards the end of his life. Um, has done a lot of stuff with Rashid Ali and um, you know a number of those other names with Alice Coltrane, um, and definitely in the solidly in the spiritual jazz sense. So, and the, the track that's on here, um, the Creator has a master plan, is the the first track, one of two tracks, is the entire first side um, of his album called Karma. Um, and it has uh, spoken word passages on top of it that I know some people kind of 
struggle with sometimes, but um, but work for me. Um, but this song just as a instrumental, I mean, it's got such a great bass line. You put that into the hands of Deseron Douglas, who you know talk a little bit more about his bass playing, um, you know, yeah. a little bit. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just love it. Well, it's your little love it. Creator has a master plan. that you can hear like the cars going by outside um, and, and again it, it places you in the world you don't know first time I listened to it I didn't know if it was like outside my house like what's going on right now um, but I think what jumps out most there is how good a bass player does just so, he might even be my favorite bass player going right now I mean <laughs> my, I've got a few of them but my god he's good it, it's so at, at all times like tasteful yet forceful yet at, and you don't think of necessarily like a heart based duo should not be able to fill up the room like they do yeah yeah and and something just happens uh even if he's playing it relatively straight where it just everything starts to like burst into technicolor you know one thing that's fascinating uh to me about this album is that i'm not a uh a uh, like a jazz like list guy like i there's just i i listen to what i listen to mm-hmm. and, I, and i don't like dig deep into like knowing stuff about right, it right i just want to experience it so i for me you know I, you're talking about pharaoh sanders leon thomas uh you know clifton davis later on yeah john Colt. you know i didn't know any of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to hear and that speaks again to the power that these two have together to just like here's music yeah yeah 
And that's the thing. I mean, it's a cool thing when you do know some of these tracks, um, you know, you hear them suddenly break into the Jackson 5, you know, um, or, or, you know, I, I just said off, off mic at the beginning, like when they st- when they opened up Creator as a Master Plan, like I was sitting there, I was watching that day and I was like, wait, wait, is that like, oh, is that? yeah, yeah, it is. You know, so I was like, you know, getting like all giddy with joy as I'm hearing it, you know. Um, but that said, you don't need to know any of these songs um, to enjoy this album at all. And part of that is that the song choices almost don't matter to an extent. They're so all over the place um, in a weird way. Um, And yet it feels there's never any jarring moments. There's nothing that feels out of place, anything like that. It's just so well done. And a lot of that is just both how good they each are, how well they know each other. Um, You know, those bass notes are exactly where they need to be. Yeah. Every single time. And, and International Anthem, like, helped curate this. Like, they, yeah. I mean, they played a lot more tracks than yeah. this on this. Yeah. Um, and International Anthem, they, they went through, and this all this was done through one mic, and they went through, and they found, like, the best tracks to put on this to not just – and it's unclear to me, like, is, is it the best performance or is it the best vibe? Yeah. Because top to bottom, this is the best vibe of the year for me. Yeah, I think I would agree with that, and and I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it was both. Um, yeah, you know, there was so much good music that they played. Um, I think that these were just an hour long each, um, but uh, but you know, I mean, they were doing it every week and and for a long time, and there was so much amazing music. I hope that more might come out um, from this at some point. Um, you know, because it is just, it's so necessary. It's so well done. They sound like they're having fun, seem like they're having fun. It's one of the also, the, you know, fun parts about the banter um, and just, you know, it's. Well, they're going to do a band camp stream. They might have already done it. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, no, I think that's yeah, tomorrow, actually. Yeah. yeah. And so they're doing a band camp stream. And like, uh, you know, one thing that in, in the quotes from this uh, about them, Desert and Douglas is like saying, look, we don't know where music's going to go. Yeah. But it has to survive. In fact, uh, let me see. Read the exact quote here. Um, let's see. Uh, time to edit. Oh yeah. So he, they say um, whatever the next thing is. I think this is Brandy Younger. Whatever the next thing is, I'll make it a point to be involved because music saved my life. Music saves lives and must be taken care of. Yeah. And so not only is it a beacon now, like in, you know, the vaccine is out in the world. We are, people are going to start to get vaccinated, hopefully. And, you know, by this point next year, maybe we'll be back. We can be in the same room with people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And maybe there'll be shows once in a while. But, you know, I think they stumbled on something. The the, the stripped down duo is nothing new, but this does feel like brand new. Something and the new live in the stream, world. a lot of people. Sorry, I'm interrupting yeah. you. But the live stream, a lot of a lot of artists were doing live stream. I was doing live stream concerts for a while, you know. Yeah. And they're fun. They're a good way to connect with people. They're a good way to connect with friends and family, let alone any you know fans. Um, and that's one of the other cool things about this is a lot of their friends and family like watching the chat box, um, the you know, comments box while they were playing and stuff. Like you know, their friends and family are there, kind of cheering them on. It's. You know, every now and then they're like asking, like, I think it was actually on the stylistics track um, that came on here, like um, this around Douglas um, after playing, it was like, okay, you know, if anybody knows, this is actually one of my favorite moments of the whole time. And I don't think it's um, 
thing they cut it out on the album but um, he, he basically says you know if anybody knows who wrote that song um, you know, <laughs> put it in, in the comments um, and, yeah. and we'll send you a copy of um, of uh, Brandy's album um, and it was kind of two things like a bunch of people were saying the you know, stylistics and they're just like no no not, not who did this song like who wrote the song you know, we're the actual songwriters here um, but then there was just this great moment where Brandy Younger in the back she's just like why my album like, why don't you send them one of your albums? <laughs> it's just this amazing. Yeah. Like again, like you don't get that off of something that's not. The, the, they're know. talking about the album title and uh, what it means. You know, the, the what it means is a, it's a clause in a contract that basically says the company can cancel all your shit if basically act of God yeah. uh, happens and stuff. And they're like, oh, they know what that means now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but but he can't pronounce it. And so she's like, <laughs> can some of our can some of our French viewers? <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's 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 absolutely beautiful, and uh, you know this is a uh, I, I, like I said, I'm gonna find some links to the stuff that's up on YouTube because they should watch them. I wish I had watched them, but I didn't, and we have this, yeah. and you know more so than any other album this year, I think this is a gift that uh, that we needed. I don't know if we deserve it, but. Uh, we needed, and I, I've been recommending this to every single person I possibly can. Yeah, and it's like just enjoy everything else you listen to this year, right? But but make sure. Yeah, it's one of these things like, you know, anybody who's who's deep in music, who whoever recommends music to anybody, you know, you're largely basing it around what you know the other person likes. You know, oh, I heard this album and I know that you're into metal, you know, so I think you might like it. Or I heard this and I know that you like, you know, acapella music and you so you might like this one, like whatever it is. Um, but it doesn't matter what kind of music you listen to. Like no, this is something that doesn't. you need in your life. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Daria likes it. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to out my, uh, my partner right now as her, I listen to a lot of jazz. I talk about a lot of jazz. Her impression of jazz is beep boop beep beep boop beep boop boop. Hey, you got and, potential, man. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and you know, it's funny, right? I, I was it's like, not necessarily wrong. Like, <laughs> I dare you to say that to Miles Mosley, for example. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I put this on, and and she's like, "Wow, that's actually really something." And yeah, that's, I mean, part uh, of it is is the harp is is a really beautiful instrument. You know, that in of itself um, creates both a, a soothing atmosphere um, and also just it means automatically that some of these songs that you have heard before are going to sound different because you probably haven't heard them on the harp before. You know, what, what other Jackson five harp covers have you heard recently? You know, Not many. Um, but uh, where, where else did you have an absolutely killer Sesame street cover? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this year they do sing, right. which you know, I thought was a different right. track the whole time, but it's just so damn good. It's, you know, yeah. 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 So th- this is, this is just perfect. Uh, thank you, Brandy and Desron, uh, for giving this to all of us. Yeah. This You've done an amazing thing. Yep. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back and, uh, talk to you in a minute.
thanks so much to Wes for uh, hanging out and talking about that and for uh, hanging out and talking in general over the past few years. I think it's just a random, like, do you want to talk about this? Because a lot of what I have done, my work has been uh, putting people, giving people the opportunity to get on the mic and talk about music, um, to do something they maybe didn't think they, they could do or wanted to do. Uh, or both and uh, he's been fantastic at it but it's also uh, we've become great friends and um, he helps his his views of music just like everybody else's views of music uh, help color mine uh, and has shifted my taste but also vice versa and um, you know it's just been one really really great big conversation which is what this whole show I think has been about uh, from the start you know it started in a basement talking um, just me and Andre and Paul getting drunk uh, our friend Aubrey joined in after a while there but uh, it, we've never tried to be right we've never tried to tell you this is the thing that you have to listen to or if, if we sounded like it, we didn't mean it um, it's always been just about uh, getting together and sort of sharing some moments with each other talking about music um, because that is a good thing to do and you can be talking about music or movies or or cross stitch or you know whatever uh, as long as you get together uh, and enjoy that with other people which has been hard this year but uh, it will uh, it will get better and I think this album that we just talked about is proof of that so uh, that is it for this episode of Discologist. In the uh, episode 499 and 500 are a two-parter. Remarkably, in 500 episodes, there was a lot of music that we didn't talk about. And obviously, we're not going to get to it in in just those two episodes. But uh, it was more sort of a little bit of a postmortem on, on what we've done here, what we achieved or did not achieve. And, uh, you know, Ed never talked about pavement which is a crime, so we're going to do that and uh, talk about some other stuff that we really, really should have got to but didn't. Um, and then we are just going to fade off into the ether, as it were. Um, so I hope you'll uh, tune in. I hope you've uh, enjoyed what we've been doing. And uh, talk to you soon one last time. So hang in there. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!